welcome to Zero Knowledge. I'm your host, Anna Rose. In this podcast, we will be exploring the latest in zero knowledge research and the decentralized web, as well as new paradigms that promise to change the way we interact and transact online. So for this New Year's edition of the show, I have a group of folks who have either been on the show many times this year or who have co-hosted with me. I want to say welcome to Josh, Tarun, Guillermo, and James. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hey. I also want to mention that recently we started using a different platform and actually Henrik, the podcast editor, the longstanding podcast editor, is also on the calls with us these days. So you might hear him in the new year coming in and out. Hi, Henrik. Maybe people can get a bit familiar with your voice, too. Hello, hello. Last time, one year ago, today-ish, uh, we did an episode like this. But Guillermo, you weren't on that one. And actually, everyone on this show has been on before. So I don't think we want. I want to do intros this time around. I will add everyone's Twitter links in the show notes if anyone wants to find out who these, these folks are in more depth. So what I want to do actually is just jump pretty much right into this episode. So this is the first episode of the year. The goal being we're going to do a look back and a look forward. Classic first episode of the year type stuff. Um, so I have two questions to everyone. One, where's your head at right now? And two, can you take a vacation? Does it count if I am taking a vacation and my head is currently... Uh at about my second or third margarita? Is that is that like a reasonable answer or is that like not cool? I think cool? you're in a good state. It's a very good state. Like, <laughs> Tarun, what about you? Can I take a vacation? What is a vacation again? It's where is your head at and can you take a vacation? Uh, I guess the answer is probably no. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about why Ohm worked, but like every other Algo stablecoin failed. Okay, that's where your head's at today. There's something there. Oh, there's something yeah, there. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you said that on a previous episode as well. I've been I've been alpha leaking that all the t everywhere, but I, I I think I've convinced Guillermo when I was in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago that there is some some actual math there. It's not all smoke and mirrors. It's not three three though. That's a bullshit. Like that. Ignore the meme. The meme what is amazing. Sorry, that uh, might be a dumb question. Okay, but. okay, yeah. Maybe for this this audience, it's worth explaining because. <laughs> You've probably yeah. seen Elon Musk and Grimes tweet about it, but you don't know what it is. So there's this idea in Ohm, which is sort of, it's like a Ponzi game, uh, but it has some sort of extra dynamics for how liquidity provision works, where you kind of have actors who can stake the token and like reduce the liquid supply. And you have actors who can uh, provide liquidity for the coin in like a Uniswap pool. And the idea is that if you if enough people do both actions, then you have this sort of positive sum game. Now that part is all bullshit. Like the the, the logic <laughs> that's used in their documentation doesn't oh, make any sense. Oh, is three three the payoff of the matrix? It's the payoff matrix. Oh yeah, my they, god, no! They just, they <laughs> yeah, um, and so oh. uh, you know they didn't go for the BDSM kind of analogies, even though like they call everything as like bonding, slashing, staking. They like didn't 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 go the one step further. Some of the forks <laughs> did though. Um, but the uh, the idea is more that like the protocol is able to optimize how much it's sort of rewarding different participants for acting in each of these different pools. And 
you know, it's not a stable coin in spite of the fact that it was started to try to be a stable coin. But it's a system that has not, it is the third, effectively, uh, the third most forked contract on Ethereum, wow. uh, on Ethereum chains in general, um, after Uniswap and Synthetics Minter. Now, of course, my calculation, my query for that didn't quite include things like safe math and whatever, because like obviously mm. those are deployed a million times. But then they're also inlined by the compiler. There's all sorts of other... I ignored libraries. I just like looked at like raw bytecode. So, you know, the fact that it's forked so much, it's had like tens of billions of dollars in this like barely audited code and it hasn't broken. I think last year around this time, maybe even this episode, we talked about how Mark Cuban got rug pulled, um, which, you know, feels like an infinitude of events ago. That's right. Um, and and it was such a highlight when it happened. And it feels (laughs) like it, it is now under the rug. Actually, like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. yeah, so like, I guess the main main reason I bring this up is that there was this whole series of failed experiments in algo stable coins, and somehow this thing that whose documentation isn't even correct or matching it, what its code is doing worked and like attracted an insane amount of capital over a small period of time. Um, <laughs> probably the most capital. Uh, aggregation effect other than layer ones was was Omfork. So anyway, the 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 point is, I'm trying to understand why why that is. There, there, I think there's actually some re- reasonable way of describing. Also, this. for context, he's been on this for like at least three or four months. Mm. This is not like new or anything. Mm. Yeah. All right, James. What about you? Where is your head at? And can you take a vacation? Uh. You know, I think I probably could not take a vacation. Like, if you put me on vacation, I just could not take it right now. Why? Uh, I would not be able to stand being on vacation. <laughs> I would get bored so fast. <laughs> I I mean, like, my head is basically where it's been for the last three or four years, is thinking about cross-chain stuff. Mm. Um, it's all I, all I really think about for work these days. Uh, with all the kind of things that happen in 2021 there's fun new opportunities for nfts and you know a lot of stuff in the cross-chain space that's really underexplored and josh well my my head is feeling maybe clear for the first time in five or six months because my baby boy is finally starting to sleep through the night so that is that is the big big life achievement um for me and though you could argue because i haven't you know i've been I've been, I, I sit on the MENA Foundation board and I advise um, a few groups that arguably I'm not working full-time. I can tell you that it has felt like full-time times 10 with a toddler and an infant. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. And, and the other thing I could say, having gone on quote-unquote vacations with my toddler in the past, uh, uh, it, it, those are not vacations. Those are the opposite of vacations. They're harder than work. So, uh, so I, I think probably not for a vacation for me. I, I prefer the balance of childcare and the, the advisory work. Although the other thing that I'm actually, the other thing I, I should mention just as a callback to our last episode, I am kind of sad. Uh, my head is currently disappointed in myself because I was supposed to get Matt Levine rivaling newsletter out this year, and it never happened. 
Oh, yeah. In this episode, we are going to be looking at the highlights, the surprises, and the disappointments. And it could always, and maybe that would be would be one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's not too late. We're also going to see like what can come in the new year. Yeah, true that. Guillermo, I want to throw back to you because we didn't really hear where your head is at. Like, yes, you're on vacation, but what are you thinking about? Maybe not on the vacation front, but on the other oh, front. Go, okay, well, uh, I guess there's, there's, there's two things there. Uh, one is supposedly, um, um, I guess I'm graduating the PhD quite soon. I think in, in March uh, or February, late February, I'm really nice. And uh, Santa has me on, their, on you know, whatever his nice list or whatever. The other thing is, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about uh, weird... I guess, you know, in the same vein as Tarun, maybe terminally academic. Is that maybe the, the right term? Is, yeah, just, just weird math things. It t- turns out they come up a lot when, when, you, when you consider questions about on-chain uh, incentives for things like uh, replicating options. But, I mean, that one's actually kind of clear now because there's a whole team working on it. But there's other things that you can do that are even more complicated, uh, like var- variant swaps and things like that. That... Um, have been interesting, and, and I guess maybe not to alpha leak too much, but we think it's possible to do kind of a lot of the really traditional financial instruments on chain without oracles. Um, so I have a, I have an unfortunately um, to the chagrin of literally my entire family, I have a notebook filled with a bunch of equations that I've been working out uh, while on the beach. So <laughs> nice. If if I'm lucky, there might be a there might be a theorem or something. You know, 2017 birthed the the Bankless podcast, and I kind of imagine that. 2022 will be Guillermo starting the Oracle List podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I could never. It sounds like so much work. I don't know how you do it, Anna, actually. How, how do you even start a podcast? I don't know how Henrik does it. James would, <laughs> James would love to be a guest on the Oracle List podcast. Ooh, actually, that'd be really okay. fun. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Tarun, that's just another podcast that you can go be on. Hmm? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pod lasciviousness is, is 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 totally fair in this this modern world. Tarun is like podcast farming at this point. It's not even like I don't, know, sure. I don't know what the, the yield is on that exactly, but it seems to be non-trivial. If he convinces people to do it, it's like a like a strict percentage that you know increase every every year, year over year. Um, you should compete with that is actually It'd be kind of fun. All right, I want to move on to the first topic that I want to cover in this episode, and that is the highlights of 2021. So Tarun, you highlighted the own project for you. But when I say highlights here, it's kind of anything that struck you is cool. It doesn't have to be everybody's cup of tea, but I'm curious to hear from the four of you, what was your highlight? Josh? So I think my highlight surprise and disappointment can all be summed up in one vertical, (laughs) which is NFTs. Oh my God. (laughs) Because I spent like the first half of the year just ceaselessly making fun of them and thinking (laughs) they were nonsense. Mm -hmm. And then the second half of the year wondering if I was crazy or the world was crazy. And I honestly, I still don't know. I, I think there's obviously, there's like, there's still, there's something there, but just the rapidity and extent to which nfts have just permeated way past our normally somewhat insular cottage industry uh kind of surprised me um and the other thing that i guess i find like a little bit disappointing in just in addition to all the like obvious cash grab ones and the 
idiot celebrities jumping in on it without understanding what's going on and all that is um, the thing about NFTs that I that I that I kind of worry about is that you know we ever ever further do we stray from privacy's light and <laughs> NFTs themselves mm. are oftentimes pretty much counter to everything that that would instill privacy as being valuable on on chain so that 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 was sort of sort of disappointing but there's some cool stuff there too i'm not i'm not yeah. shitting all over it but i have a question for you though have you lost any money on them well what is have losing you money one? i have bought i have bought some <laughs> but my first my first nft they... was actually was actually one crafted by our very own james Presswich, which was the josh's dumb voice magic card series Ooh. Yeah. For uh, wow. Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was the best Valentine's gift ever. Don't tell my wife. It was amazing. Um, You're using her laptop. I am, I am using her laptop. <laughs> She's very kind. <laughs> uh, she puts up with a lot of my shit. It's great. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, that was my very first NFT, and I was gifted that. But then I did actually. So like, there's some like the, there's a pixel portrait. Like I had a couple of those commissioned just because I like I like the folks making them i thought that was sort of fun and i got i have some crypto covens crypto dick butt i think that oh one my was God. mostly Cri for fun. crypto dick butts are, are are truly one of the funniest things oh, yeah. i think that happened this year <laughs> yeah <They're laughs> like amazing. one of those things of like life being more strange than fiction like that they they they, they are like up there for that <laughs> oh for sure but, but also for me and this is this is like a maybe a deeply personal uh, crypto dick butt story but my uh friend as a gift back in 2014 <laughs> gave me a 3d printed dick butt atop a, a bitcoin as a as a joke like you know to make fun of my interest at the time all right everyone go look at who the anons in the crypto dick butt discord are and figure out which one's no no i didn't make it this, this is this is just like ridiculously strange serendipity that it became a prominent nft project but i i claim that i have the first one in existence and it's actually a physical object which is also kind of miraculous yeah, Tarun, like you were in last year's episode i actually listened back to it you were you did mention them of all of us, we all didn't. You were the one who was like, "I think there might be, maybe." You know, you know, someone should someone should just make a robot version of me, and anytime I say something, just go buy whatever thing I say oh, instead wow. of like, you know, <laughs> and instead of like, um, you know, uh, being what doing what I do, which is like not do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> just make a copy to ruin. Yeah, you should just copy trade anything I say. Not financial advice. <laughs> but really financial <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying what um, but yeah I, I think like it was kind of clear that there was something going on there um, and I think Uniswap V3 forcibly using an NFT also changed the game from the perspective of like people realize it's actually useful as a data structure not I mean not obviously not the you know, board apes people can't even keep their seed phrases private. So let, let alone explaining, you know, the idea of NFTs as a data structure is harder. But the idea that it is actually a good distributed data structure, I think, you know, from the developer standpoint, it became more clear that hey, there's actually something there. And then, you know, of course, the marketing standpoint took it to a different universe. 
Guillermo, what was your highlight of 2021? Oh, this is so hard. The problem is uh, Josh stole my surprise, uh, unfortunately, which was indeed NFTs. Uh, I mean, it was just like, I guess it was just shocking just how, you know, NFTs were kind of a very niche thing, right? Like 2020 NFTs were like just a very niche, exactly what Tarun said pretty much. It's like a a specific data structure where you're like, ah, yes, I can prove ownership that I have a unique thing Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? But like, you know, it was never expected to be, you know, all the games within games that people are doing that, you know, now it's like, holy crap, like there's like, you know, the ponzification maybe is the term or maybe that's the wrong term. But it's like this very interesting set of games that you can play by like owning specific things and then afterwards renting them out. So it's like this weird ecosystem that is just like, I mean, of course, emerges from some deeply technical like highly specific, I guess, you know, whatever, 721, is it, was that right? ERC 721, is that right? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, whatever, like who the hell knows what that thing is other than like now, I guess it's just NFT land, right? So it's it's just, it's such a funny, surprising thing uh, at the end of the day that like that actually kind of tended to work. I guess, I guess maybe I do have a, a very shitty answer to, uh, I guess, a positive, is that what? what the, highlight. the highlight. The highlight. I think the highlight of of 2021 is in some sense there was like a weird stagnation in DeFi and in some specific sense, but in some other specific sense, there was like a very, and and again, of course I come from like, you know, this, this more specific DeFi background, but I think in some ways there was like kind of a proliferation of a bunch of like new experiments in DeFi, like trying to do kind of crazy shit or things that we would have thought were kind of crazy in 2020, just like doing them, but doing them better and on chain which is kind of an, an interesting uh, ordeal. Uh, and I, I, I mean, you know, this is true of like everything. Like people I think really are starting to think of it as like, you know, we all said it was like money Legos at the time. But certainly now it's become pretty clear that people are kind of bolting on a bunch of stuff and and like putting it all together. And then afterwards getting protocols that, that somehow, uh, as Trude said, managed to work, uh, even though they clearly probably shouldn't. Maybe, maybe that's the wrong term, but I think that's that's uh, that's mostly it. And then uh, I guess, uh, what is the other one? A disappointment or something? Yeah, I guess the disappointment is something like uh, there's no bear market. Uh, where's the bear market we were all waiting for? Um, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I do like that idea. And Sir, guess, you just joined this industry. Yeah, well, I, I didn't just join this industry. I just pretended I just joined this industry. But I have, I have in fact, been writing papers with you since uh, 2019. That's true. Uh, actually, that's 2018, true. but we just say 2019 for fun because it's better. It sounds yeah. better. It, it, well, I think it was like 2018. You're right. Okay, so the, the lack of bear market kind of... <laughs> segues nicely into my highlight, which is that this is the first time we've had projects launching into a bull market in crypto ever. This is the first time like a product has come to market in a up market. Uh, <laughs> and you see this with all these like DeFi things and these new chains and new bridges and all these like, it's the reason we have 30 ohm forks on 10 different chains is because Ohm launched into a bull market. Uh, we've never actually had people launching tech in <laughs> into hype before. Uh, right. Projects like Compound and Aave launched into the tail end of the last bear market. So uh, we actually get to see a bunch of this play out in different market conditions, and it's really fun and interesting. That's my 2021 highlight. That's pretty good, actually. I, that's, that's, a, that's a very fair point. I, it definitely drove innovation in things a lot faster, but it also compressed returns a lot faster. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. So, like that, I think that was also that's why the NFT boom I feel like was interesting because it was like, you know, DeFi. In fact, TVL went up and everything got way more optimized, and the returns went cra- crashing down. 
But NFTs were like, how do we do insider trading, but for asshats who stand in line at Supreme? <laughs> well, I mean, that's uh, that's probably my biggest surprise about 2021 is that we found product market fit in a completely unexpected market. Asshats who stand in line at Supreme. <laughs> Look, everyone wants to be Nancy Pelosi. NFTs, democratizing Nancy Pelosi's inside information. Oh. Uh, who would have thought that, you know, pop-up brands were crypto's next big product market fit? <laughs> uh, for, no. for whatever reason, people are getting this sense of ownership and community participation, just like they would from that shitty Supreme sweater. It's not the Supreme article that you buy. It's the standing in line with, with that, or it's like the friends you made along the way. <laughs> Okay, so actually for highlights of 2021, I did have a few that I wanted to bring up as well. One, like more ZK focused, maybe fundraising and zero knowledge projects and L2s, like these, the amount of zero knowledge stuff happening this year was definitely a highlight. And you saw it kind of growing and more and more excitement, more people kind of learning about what this thing is. That's cool. I'd say that's a highlight. Uh, other highlights would probably be so, I mean, James, you mentioned sort of the like launching of big projects during a bull run. But I mean, to me, it was also like a lot of the L1s of 2017. Actually, you saw, I mean, they might have launched a little bit before the run, but like you actually got to see them in action pretty early on in their life, in their lifespan or in their life cycle in a bull market. And you also got to see like uh, IBC come to market Totally. I mean, that was the one I was going to mention, actually, like IBC, Osmosis, Mina, Moonbeam, uh, Polkadot, like a lot of these like groups that have been around for a while, but actually get to see their. I mean, there's actually more than that. I, sh I could say, like, when did Solana come out? It was before it was 2020, right? Yeah, 2020. Uh, if, if you if you remember, they <clears throat> they did have some issues their first week that near fixed for them, which I think in a bear market where it happened, <laughs> it would not have maybe happened as much <laughs> nicely yep. in the bull market. True. Do you remember uh, that, James? I do remember that. It was very funny. Uh, <laughs> but like that's, Nier was also like pleasantly snarky about it. Um, <laughs> the, the other, uh, speaking of Polkadot though, uh, crowd loans were a surprise for me. Uh, just the mechanics yes. of the Polkadot crowd loan stuff uh, was surprising. Beautiful mechanism. Beautiful yeah. mechanism. I don't know if you know this, Tarun, and I think I cut it out of the episode last year, but I remember you being quite, you were like, that is the dumbest name ever, Crowd Loans. Do you remember that? It is a stupid name, but the mechanism is great. Yeah. <laughs> the name sounds like Patreon, but for investors. You know, like yeah. it almost seems, seems has this like weird, like cognitive dissonance associated with it. But yeah, so I guess we're on to surprises. I think the one thing I will say is surprising. So there, there are two things. One is how fast Solana grew in terms of um, developer adoption. Because like in a lot of ways, right, it's the hardest, mm. you know, J James can, can attest yep. this. It's the hardest chain to write any code for, like period, for yep. a lot of reasons. Um, and it was just weird that that took off with developers because like, you know, usually you expect like shitty JavaScript developers, no offense, sorry, that to be, to be like the first adopters of things and not like, you know, low level developers. So it was like interesting to see that like switch, even though like the code had been there for like two years, 
but somehow the marketing changed. And the biggest surprise to me is that the phrase Web3, which you know came from, if you think about it, Gavin Wood wrote about it in the original Ethereum yellow paper. And then Polkadot's called the Web3 Foundation, and they've been shilling the name as like, this is the future of the internet for like two or three years. No one gave a shit about it. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know exactly, you know, we're on, I was on this other podcast yesterday, and everyone was like, it's all made up. Andreessen is the one who really pushed like the existence of this thing. I I don't know exactly who did, but somehow it got rebranded from Polkadot equals Web3 to like NFTs equals Web3. And like Mm. that to me, that like cognitive dissonance that like, cognitive transformation that took place there, I don't understand what changed. Like, nothing changed. Like, to anyone who's been around this industry for a while, the, literally nothing has changed. The code bases have not changed. It's more like... The the meme got co-opted. Yeah, Web3 became this, like, meme that was, like, Silicon Valley VCs don't have to feel bad about, like, Bitcoin mining energy usage anymore or something. Like, <laughs> I, and that, like, that somehow that, like... Web3, impossible not staircase, The impossible staircase of <clears throat> VCs saying that they're socialist by <laughs> investing in Web3 things was like the, the conjoined triangle of success for this meme. <laughs> yeah, Web3 is a meme that needs to die in like every fire possible. It's just, I don't care. It's it not, goes. no, no, it's not going to. No, I know. Like, that's, I, that's the part I that think it's, 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 it's past the meme market fit success. Yeah. <laughs> the meme market it's fit. It's just like when blockchain oh. became an abstract noun. And I had to deal capital with capital B blockchain. Yeah, uh, what's your capital B blockchain strategy? Not using that term. Uh, that's that's what I would like. <laughs> but no, a blockchain for keeping track of where everyone writes capital B blockchain. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Were there any surprises specifically in the zk space for anyone here? Is there any like standout surprises, unexpected? Slow growth. Mm. Yeah. I I just mean like the algorithm the algorithm efficiency improvements right kind of flatlined and now we're at like all engineering and like oh we need hardware and whatever right like the 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 Moore's law that we had that we've talked about on the show many times kind yes, of yes petered and uh, chains that have um, zk proving systems as a central element are tending to underperform mm-hmm. other chains uh, so like Mina and Zcash and all of these you know like are underperforming. Solana and Near and you know similar smart contract chains mm-hmm. right now right now but you know slow growth yeah so that sounds more like a disappointment which we could move on to what were the biggest disappointments for you this year Josh you were like NFTs we <laughs> did you have any others I think I said bear market so that there was no bear market unfortunately that's mm-hmm. my disappointment this year so I, I, is that I, one of your hopes for 2022. Maybe, honestly, (laughs) it wouldn't be terrible. Yeah, Josh, do you have any others? Uh, I have. So actually, my disappointment, uh, not to segue us into another section of the pod, but my my disappointment, I think, kind of relates to a prediction that I made last time that I think actually kind of turned out, at least in the provisional stages, like there's going to be increased regulatory scrutiny and action. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing that I was very disappointed by was the midnight rulemaking of, of what, what happened with the infrastructure bill. Um, now, granted, that obviously is stalled for other reasons, and that's great uh, in some level for crypto reporting, although maybe bad for the infrastructure of the United States of America, unclear. Mm-hmm. But in, in any case, the fact that there was this 
real slapdash attempt to effectively create giant surveillance regime around crypto in the U.S. that um, at least right now we seem to be avoiding. But um, that was that was a huge disappointment given all the I think positive momentum that we had had I think from a regulatory side for a while. Yeah, I actually I, I think also in the like European context there was the Mika work which I think is also kind of disappointing, especially for the privacy space. It didn't seem to understand the benefits of having things like private transfers and has been much, much harsher against it than expected. What about your own, like, so I have my own kind of personal disappointment, which is I had said that I wanted to explore ZK games last year and didn't at all, like zero. And that's so dumb. I think there's, I've actually heard that there's some really cool things popping up and I'm, I'm not on the beat, sadly, but I will be I, I, in the new year. That's going to be something I try to do. Was that a resolution? Um, not a, I probably have more mega resolutions. Like, uh, I'll try to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It's, an, uh-huh. it's, it's on my radar, uh, ZK games. But what I was a little bit disappointed with was the, like, I was, very much kind of on the lookout for like extreme new ZK use cases. And I don't have any that like super highlight. It still sort of seems to follow a lot of the same kind of topics, which is fine. But I I do hope in the new year, like some, like I I was kind of looking for like a left field ZK use case, something that comes from a completely different industry to, to kind of change, like, I don't know, just to, to explore. And so far, like I, I haven't really found that. And actually, maybe some of you know them. Tell me if you've if you've heard something. Hmm. Yeah, the only one I was thinking of was like bridges or something, but those are those are kind of not really that like surprising. It was surprising for me, but well, I guess the <clears throat> the fact that kind of in the same way that no one gives a shit about privacy, no one gives a shit about a tr- actually good bridge. Uh, it was also very true in this year, and that's sad because you know. Yep. Worse is better. I, I, you know, yeah, people just wanted to make like these shitty relay bridges that like basically are EOAs more or less EOA plus plus, which just means like end user account forwarded stuff. Yeah. I remember, you know, hearing about Poly Network because it had been hacked for six hundred million. Like that's the <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of bridge people want. <laughs> you know, new meaning to the phrase bridge to nowhere. <laughs> right. Did you have any other disappointments or anything to that you felt this year? Uh, I'm kind of disappointed in slow core protocol progress in Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, other places. Mm. There's a bunch of you know, like low hanging fruit wins for those protocols that just aren't being you know, like taken. Is that sort of the predicament and like inevitable future of decentralized networks that they ossify and then stop working well? I mean, it's sort of scary because those are the two biggest. Decentralosclerosis. I think sclerotic is a pretty good description of uh, Bitcoin protocol developers, at least. But, you know. Generally speaking, it feels like we should have had the merge this year uh, and we should have had uh, more feature forks in, you know, like Ethereum. Uh, We should have had fewer difficulty bomb forks. And, you know, Bitcoin should have had multiple 
soft forks over the last four years, not just the one. So like, uh, you know, this is a personal disappointment of you know, things are kind of just uh, chilling in EVM and in Bitcoin. Mm. But one sclerosis is another's opportunity, as we've also learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, protocols that are more willing to uh, mutate themselves to meet developers' immediate needs are growing pretty quick right it's now. It's just like viruses. <laughs> Uh, maybe a little too um, topical of a comparison there. So good. <laughs> Is there anything else in about like 2021 that you want to cover on this show? Or should we move on to the 2022 section of the interview? I, I will say something. Well, two two things that were, I mean, huge surprises, I think, that were kind of still crazy when you think about it. The, I mean, the first one is the fact that and, and and it's a very mixed surprise, but the fact that there was a nation state that just said, yeah, we're going to accept and use Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. But it seems to be from an autocratic dictator. So it's kind of like at odds. Yeah, it's a disappointing oh. surprise, but it's happening, right? Which is mm-hmm. kind of amazing. But it isn't, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little iffy. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess... Yeah, another disappointment would be, you know, a bunch of prominent Bitcoiners getting in bed with autocrats. Right, right. Like, that feels like that's pretty much against what Bitcoin stands for. But maybe (laughs) they know better than other Bitcoiners. I don't know. What Bitcoin stands for uh, has become a really fuzzy concept, I think. Yeah. You know. The GBTC premium decaying um, has oh, basically yep. changed a lot of Bitcoiners' views on Bitcoin itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not well, I think uh, what these Bitcoiners stand for is whatever's you know good for the Bitcoin price in the short term. We're all just price stands of something if you squint enough. That's right. <laughs> price, price rules everything around me. Pre. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. What, one other thing I think we didn't cover, I guess... Uh, to some extent, is that on on a more positive note? Because I, I, you know, I, I know Josh. Josh used to be the biggest NFT hater, so this is already I've already seen the the full cycle has come. Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, Ouroboros has gone revolved around the the sun once. Mm-hmm. Um, but the on, on a more positive note, I think the idea of NFTs as a form of like weak identity has been kind of interesting because people are starting to play with that a lot more, and like the. For like years if in this space, you've heard people always talk about social tokens, social networks, including Presswitch's favorite <laughs> social network, which we were talking about last February, <laughs> uh, which, you know, the year has been so long that I, we didn't even cover that. Um, and uh, Yeah, can I add like five more disappointments? <laughs> <laughs> okay, after, after turns positive. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I'm joking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just, just like I, I just think there's actually some sense in which we're we are actually going to see more like social network looking things. I, I don't know what they are right now, but there's like way more of that. Even though there's a lot of misguided attention, I feel like everyone, you know, ninety nine percent of people saying they're doing this are pets.com. But there's like some sense in which that there's there's like actually some type of social-ish network that will come from having enough people owning NFTs. And this idea of like airdrops as like bootstrapping a network effect, you know, I think that portion, like you're able to like share a network effect from somewhere else. 
you know, right now it's like filled with mainly shitbag airdrop collectors. But, you know, I, I, I actually do think there's something there that, that will land in whatever this future social network looks like. The problem with the airdrop thing is, is exactly that, is that it's like kind of gameable at the moment, uh, which is unfortunate for everyone involved. But like, I do wonder if there's like a mechanism by which you could make it um, slightly less gameable. I, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that, we're, you're moving in that direction, we're moving right. in that direction. When everyone knows that airdrops are a thing, like it's bad because then everyone knows that airdrops are a thing. So then you mm-hmm. just go and like cyber attack your, you know, protocol or whatever. I mean, in the same way that there are there there used to be all those like ICO review sites in 2017 that would like <laughs> Oh god. Be like and show you like all the ICOs that oh, happened. Yeah. There are airdrop review sites that are like For probability sure. of airdrop, what action should you do on this thing? Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> totally. Oh no. <laughs> um but more to the social points, like it's pretty clear now that Discord is the center of crypto. Like, we have moved to a public social platform as you know, our primary means of communicating and organizing in crypto. Mm. Uh, maybe we personally haven't made that move, but the average crypto user, airdrop consumer, NFT Joe, uh, is you know primarily on Discord. And if you're not on Discord, you're missing out. So whatever future of social tokens or social identity is going to be in these, you know, loosely formed Discord communities. And a lot of those are organized around, do you own this NFT? You know, like, are you one of the landed gentry in this NFT-based community? Uh, Your talk of social networks did bring up another disappointment for me, which was the fact that Facebook is making the claim on the meta Verse and VR. And just the fact, like, it was, it's so inevitable. It's inevitable since the moment we were kind of locked in our homes that there'd be more of an online world. And there's lots of people exploring that. But the fact that they just squatted on the term <laughs> and the concept bugs me, kind of turns me off a bit because it's like, I mean, I think it's going to happen, but I think it has to happen outside of the realm of a, of a giant corp. Really makes me wish they had rebranded to Web3. That would have been a lot <laughs> Right. Just raise oh, that to the ground. But we were dumb. Oh, we should I have mean, grabbed Meta. <laughs> all I'm saying uh, is that anyone who has read cyberpunk novels knows that the metaverse is dominated by evil giant corporations. Like, that's right. This that's is right. literally the future we've been trying to build this whole time. <laughs> that's right. Unfortunately, but yeah. You know, you, one, one argues against accelerationism, but but actually with, whether or not we are part of the accelerationism is like apparently not even up to us. Yeah. It's just like an inevitable truth of the earth. Totally. Um, so I guess apologies to everyone out there because uh, <laughs> everyone here is involved in it, uh, whether or not they want to be, <laughs> right? Even if you're not, you're actually enabling it in some other sick and twisted way. So sorry, uh, you, you just need to read enough fiction books to know that. All right. Shall we wrap on 2021 then? Oh my. Shall we put it to Gosh, bed? Should we stick it in the past? Leave it in the waste bin? But it feels like we've only covered like 1% of the nuttiness that was that Oh, year. God. I mean, no, we should. We should move on. Everyone should move on. I, I have this joke that I think someone's going to make a movie mm-hmm. at some point where the year 2021 is going to be uh, specifically of, of like whatever, you know, crypto stuff or whatever you want to call it. Um, where everyone's going to be, you know, everyone's going to go to movie theater. It's going to be like Wolf of Wall Street. Everyone's like, mm-hmm. wow, this is just like such an absurd, insane story. Of- Although there'll be flashbacks to 2017 as well in the 2020. That's right. Every, every once in a while, there'll be like a, a small anecdote where someone's like yeah. thinking about like, wow, what what if times were like old times? Yeah. But, but what's going to happen is going to be some horrible, horrible 
World, uh, Wolf of Wall Street style movie where we're all going to watch and then everyone's going to come out of it and be like, wow, this is like obviously insane and like fictionalized and stuff. And then, you know, Tarun, James, like Josh and I are going to be in the, of course, Anna, it's going to be, she's going to be front and center, but we're all going to be like, you know, yeah, you're right. That was kind of fucking weird, wasn't it? <laughs> like, it was just kind of like, that shouldn't have happened probably, yeah. but maybe, and I guess it did happen. Uh, and it was, it was pretty damn accurate. Who so. plays Tarun though? Because I have a feeling like oh. maybe he features in it. <laughs> There's some tweet that Tarun has of like, don't, don't you have a few movie stars that you would want to play you or something like that, if, uh, if I recall correctly? What? Or am I insane? I think you're insane. <laughs> no, I mean, that's also probably true, I guess, independent, but... Oh, crap. Okay. I, thought... I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> right. Myself. She can't, she can't do the hair thing. <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to wrap on this beat then. Yes, people could do more on 2021, but we're looking forward. That's what this is all yeah. about. If, if people want to hear more about 2021, just check out my 12-part podcast series, The Sun Sets on Granada, an investigative look at Justin oh Sun. Justin Sun travels. Oh, how did we forget to mention Justin Sun? His excellency. His excellency. Oh, everything about this oh, year was God. ridiculous. I'm sorry. Uh, Anna, I'm sorry. I derailed it again. This I'm is just... way crazier than 2017, by the way. Like, I don't even think yeah. the movie would oh, have 2017 in it. <laughs> Because the scale magnitude of capital and 20, stuff is 2017 like would be much more human oriented stories. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There were some right, absolutely right. crazy personal experiences in 2017, but 2021 is playing out at scale. It's just <laughs> bonkers. At this rate, something is going to happen tomorrow and we will have to re record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, because we're recording this on the 30th for anyone hearing this a week later when it actually airs um if we missed anything of 2021 that happened in that last day we're sorry okay 2022 okay though. 2022 okay wrong answers only uh oh, predictions no. are stupid and we were all wrong last time so what is the most likely outcome for 2022 no no no, no. we were not all wrong Four of you are wrong. I was perfectly correct and vacuously correct. <laughs> because I wasn't even here. You didn't. Yeah. You said nothing wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so most, most likely outcomes is in the coming year, what could you imagine happening? And you wouldn't be that shocked if it happened. You kind of expect this. Josh, what do you think is going to happen this year? Oh, man. I mean, this is more hope than anything else and it actually is like something that i think we talked about before but like i really really want private DeFi to exist at scale and to be widely used at scale but i don't know i mean i i think there are lots of interesting efforts to that end um that are that are more underway than used to be but i don't know i don't know if it's going to happen this year i hope so my my hot take associated to that is Individuals don't give a shit, uh, for better or worse, but DAOs do because they get front run all the time. Yeah. Like Constitution DAO, great example of <laughs> yeah. adverse selection. Yeah. Oh, no. That 19 year olds learning what adverse selection is. That was Constitution DAO. Oh my God. How did we not mention Constitution DAO right? in our 2021 yeah. I forgot about that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Adverse selection. But no, that's a, but that's a good point, Tarun, that it is something about it isn't that individuals will care, but, but that large organizations or DAOs might. I do think that this might be the year that DAOs rediscover corporate governance exists for a reason. 
Uh, are we just slowly rebuilding traditional finance, getting the dark pools? We're rapidly, we're rapidly rebuilding traditional finance. Yeah, but 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 again, again, with a little more optimism than you guys, <laughs> one positive thing is that we're fucking automating a ton of boring ass bureaucratic That's true. shit. Like, for instance, if you do a, if a company does a share buyback, the people who own shares vote. Then the board has to go tell the fucking CEO, yo, you got to like go buy a bunch of our stock on the open market. The CEO is like, ah, hire a broker. Okay. <laughs> then they go to, they go hire a broker and then the broker goes and fucking executes the thing. And it takes like two months. It's super manual. Whereas here it's literally like, oh, governance contract, you vote on it. And then the buyback happens instantly. Like mm-hmm. that's true. Th- come on. That's just getting rid of tons of fucking useless jobs. Yeah. And you get horribly front run. The front run is also automated. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I'm, but that's a good reason for why Dallas will care about privacy much earlier than any individuals. Like individuals are just like useless sacks of shit. Usually, they just want their like <laughs> to ruin on the human condition. <laughs> <laughs> they want they want some fucking ape in their profile picture to, because they think it makes them look cool, even though like a million other people have the same fucking ape. <laughs> Incredible. I have to go change my profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I, I do think this idea of DAOs, A, DAOs buying crazier shit, like, you know, the fact that, that you know, the Wu-Tang thing is just like a corollary thanks to, like, Constitution DAO is, like, insane, right? Like, I, I do think people are going to start buying crazy shit next year, like a sports team or, like, something crazy, like, really weird. But sports teams are interestingly... They used to be DAOs. Like the Green Bay Packers is actually yeah. a DAO in yep. some weird sense, right? Because they have shares that are owned by people who live in Green Bay and only people in Green Bay can buy them. It's a co-op, right? It's it's a co-op. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I saw this funny this funny tweet today that was like, DAOs are just libertarian co-ops. And <laughs> it's not incorrect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I don't mean to, I, I don't mean to like, you're right. I'm, I'm being unnecessarily pessimistic about a lot of this stuff. Because I think you're, there, there are these great silver linings and there are lots of like amazing things that can happen from this too i just i guess i just you see the failure case right of all of these of you mean oh you mean apes uh, yeah, well, yeah yeah but also <laughs> yeah degenerate case the degenerate case the, the, that's very that's a very good double entendre james too um thank you but yeah I, I i i like you any anytime someone claims like a new kind of ownership model that's going to I guess it's mainly when people hype up the fact that they are organizing people in some novel way that is going to like disrupt traditional organizations, which I don't think is going to happen. I think they're just going to reform a lot of what traditional organizations do with much greater efficiency and hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Josh, I think the word disrupt, though, like, I mean, disrupt could also just be reshuffle which does offer yeah. new opportunities. That's true. You know, it's like it lets new people come in. So it's not just the same people like going through their systems. Right. You always need someone to buy your ape in the future. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. What other likely outcomes or po- like things you think might happen maybe around adoption, usage, community? Like, do we think that this do we think that's going to continue that there's more and more people joining or do we think there's going to be a little lull? I think I think kind of like 2017, 
there was like the investor slash shitbags joining during the market bull market. <laughs> and then um, then there was like the developers slash researchers joining during the bear market. Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of seeing that. Like there's just like way more people from like Fang who are like, Web3 is great. And like, I'm going to quit my job at Facebook, Meta, because like I hate the new name. <laughs> and I've never, I, you know... For some reason, Web3 has been a, a key enabler of this type of transition mm. um, on the, from a labor perspective. I, I actually don't think it has. I think it's just been the, – the thing with Web3 to me is that, like, I think it's just been correlated just by sheer luck of the timing. But I think it's actually like just awful. Like it's just like awful – like it's like a strict negative all around. But like for some reason, we all pretend it isn't. It just happens to be a term that happened when like the bull market was hitting, people were joining, and then everyone started kind of using the term because it's like oh, completely Web3? useless. Web3. Awful term. Awful term. No one knows what it means. Fundamentally, the problem is, like, I, I think I, there was, like, a whole tweet thread on it, and, like, still no one could answer, like, a reasonable question, something about data ownership being your own or whatever. It's like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it is an amazing labor marketing tool. Like, it really is, like, it's something that, like, you know, c- kind of risk-averse person who works at like megacorp can go back on christmas and tell mom like hey i'm working on the future of the internet web three mm. it also feels like a state change web two to web three like you leave i've i felt it you leave startup land you go to something else yeah i guess maybe i i don't know i just like if you work at adult daycare like at the end of the day the name isn't going to matter to you like adult daycare <laughs> is face google soft right <laughs> no. Now that is, that was the true zinger, adult daycare for manga. What is it called now? Instead of Fang, I keep saying Fang, but <laughs> who the hell knows? But at the end of the day, right? Like it's just it's this funny thing, right? Like I don't. I actually think it was strictly worse, but it just happened to hit just at the right time, and everyone started using it, and now it's like this awful term that like nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. It is uh, calculatedly inoffensive. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, perhaps, perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps that's what it is. Maybe. Uh, I'm going to still hold out judgment on that one, too. It's but. really good for regulatory stuff, I think. Like, it, it really is like, you think these dumbass 80-year-old senators are going to understand, like, what what a, a private key is? No. But you think they're going to, first of all, they, they give away their seed phrases on their apes. So, like, obviously they don't. Um, but the being able to be like, look, there's a new internet, like branding it that way was is like way easier to tell lobbyists to like go shovel paper shit at senators. Getting back to the previous point before we started just shitting on Web three for ten minutes. All right, <laughs> uh, turn. Uh, I haven't paid a lot of attention to this, but have we seen the same uh, kind of fund explosion that we did in 2017, 2018? A hundred percent, hundred percent. There's eight thousand new crypto only funds. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they have a recognizable pattern on naming? It felt like you know, in 2017, it was like Meta Coin Block. Yeah. <laughs> X Block Block Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, That's right. No, we aren't at that stage. But one thing I have noticed in terms of new funds, they all have one of the Solana monkeys, and they say like investing in the Solana ecosystem and beyond. And that's usually the tagline. Like, whereas like, I feel like in the ICO boom, it was like investing in the cross chain future or something, right? Like, they, <laughs> you know, like the Twitter bio. So it, it, it has specialized a little bit. Like, like I, I do think that, that that's true, but it's like very much focused on like Solana 
and Nier. I feel like those two have like an insane amount of these new funds like focused on them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Cosmos, I, I always feel bad for Cosmos because they invented a lot of the fucking ideas that everyone else implement. Like they might be very slow at implementing things, but they fucking, the provenance is theirs. And yet they mm-hmm. still have not been able to attract anyone outside of Osmosis. Osmosis, of course, is a you know yeah. shining success story. But it is kind of interesting that like Solana, where it's actually very hard to develop things, somehow has attracted the most investor capital mindshare, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that 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 you can go to an LP conference and an, a large endowment asset manager who has money, uh, like they 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 buy coins directly, will tell you BTC ETH Sol. That already means that the narrative has shifted so far in that favor, and that's related to this fund. The, a lot of the new funds, I think, are downstream of that, where they like tell LPs, like, "Okay, you, you're going to buy Soul. Well, like, we're going to invest in Soul companies. So, like, you know, pay us four percent management fees." The management fees have gone up, though. <laughs> like, that's the crazy thing to me is the management fees this cycle are higher than they were at the like end of 2017. In fact, so much more that they're like higher than TradFi, which is by a lot. Like, um, Do you think that's going to continue in 2022? No, I mean, like last time, right, we saw all these crazy amounts of fund closures. So one question, which I don't know the answer to last time, um, was like what people's benchmark was. Like I know for the big funds, it was just like Bitcoin. Like, oh, okay, like how, what's your performance relative to Bitcoin? But like, it, are people really indexing on like Sol? Are they are they indexing on the Solunavax uh, index, like equal basket? Like, I don't, I don't know Solunavax. what they're actually like. Oh, yeah. What the? Yeah, Solunavax is like the the, the layer it. ones that made it. Yeah. yeah, Near probably should be added, but you can't make a portmanteau when you add Near. Solunavax so it's like so really doesn't work. So near, yeah, it's like it's not as it's just like for some reason Solunavax memed quite hard yeah yeah like dev wise it's great but like i don't know if Nira's made it like i don't really know anyone talking about it i i, mean, I, I strongly suspect uh that in the next three to six months near will be the the new capital outflow layer one maybe <gasps> I, I i just benchmark everything against my mom right my mom is like she like randomly invests in like like a bunch of the stuff. I don't ask me why. I, I have no idea why she does this. Like, she does like, buy weird polka dot stuff. That's the funny thing about your mom. She like knows random really crazy <laughs> polka dot projects I've never heard of. It's like, fucking crazy. <laughs> it's insane. But like I literally know nothing about the shit she buys. Like she just like buys like like truly like random shit coin, which is great. But like anyways, my point is like if my mom hasn't heard of it, the the answer is it probably hasn't made it yet. And I don't think she's heard of near. So uh, at least she hasn't mentioned it to me as far as I know. Has she mentioned Aurora or Trisolaris? Trisolaris. <gasps> yeah, Trisolaris is their Uniswap. <laughs> oh, God. God. I haven't heard of this either. Is that, that's straight out of uh, Three-Body Problem, isn't it? Three-Body Problem, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. But also, why would they... Isn't it a two-asset exchange? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, they they have an EVM bridge, so people are just redeploying all the ERC twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but why would you name it Trisolaris if you're only trading two assets in the market? Two assets. <laughs> well, they should use a uh, you know whatever uh, we have. We have several generalizations to n assets. They should use that instead. Somewhere in some horrible papers, like sitting in some corner of a dusty room. And Solaris doesn't sound as good. Mm. That's right. That's right. That's right. I think so too. Buy Solaris or die Solaris doesn't sound good either. Yeah, that's fair. Fine, fine. They can take but, it. But but I, I, yeah, I guess my prediction definitely is I think near 
Nier is due for the Solana bump. <laughs> but what happens if that happens during a bear market? Because what we just heard with the VC kind of piling in, that's actually a bit of a scary sign. Uh, is anyone willing to predict a bear market in 2022? Only condition. I'll, con I'll do it mm -hmm. conditional on interest rates going up. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with Tarun on that. That's a good. That's a good hedge. When money stops being free. When money stops being free, the money stops flowing into insane risk on assets. Look, my point is, if you have an empty set, you can't just make predictions and be like, "Yeah, conditional on the empty set, <laughs> I'll make the prediction." Right? It's like it's not that useful. Uh, you know that, Tarun. So I know I know you're cheating. Yeah, that's not empty set. We don't know that event still has non-zero probability. You don't tell me that's a, a measure zero event. <laughs> it has non-zero probability just because like almost any event has non-zero probability. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that I, I I disagree. I think the rate thing is very clearly like the Fed is fucked up, and like this transitory inflation meme that they created, they realize is very toxic, and now they're trying to be like, no, it's not. It's real inflation. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is fair. This is fair. This is fair. Fine, fine. I'll let you have it. Another thing I wanted to check in on. So we have sort of like likelihoods, but what about sort of stretch dreams or maybe wishes? What would be cool to have happen? in the coming year that would actually make you happy, but it's kind of unlikely. I have an answer to this, uh, although a lot of people will hate me for this answer. <laughs> like an, an incredible amount of people will hate me for this answer. And there might be 4chan posts about it. Um, and that is uh, my crazy dream that with probability zero will be achieved is that uh, DeFi will go mostly Oracle-less in the future. Oh, yes. This coming year in right. 2022. So, so this coming year. <laughs> This coming year. That's the, that's the dream. Okay. And in fact, actually, it, it also has some weird implications for privacy, as Tarun is well aware of. Uh, and I guess so that, so that plays to, to Josh's point as well. But but yeah, that's the, that's the true dream is that, uh, you know, we won't have like $50 million hacks because someone fucked up and misreported a price somewhere. And sorry, that was just what happened. And that's just how it is. Okay. On that topic, a stretch dream could be uh, that the ZK... DeFi that you wished for, Josh, last year mm -hmm. actually yeah. happens in a, in a, in, I mean, there are lots of experiments and, and, you know, minimal viable products out there and, and, and actual products. They're just not getting used that much. So maybe that's the stretch stream that they actually, one, like really starts to take off. Alio has the incentivized testnet now. It has incentivized testnet. Although I heard, I heard, I heard Chinese miners wrecked it. No, no, no. Isn't it the Kazakhstanis now or something? But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's somewhere. Some you're right, you're right. Somewhere else in Central Asia. That but whatever. There, there's right. this international war fought over forking like Alio to like hundred block forks. Nice. Yep. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think Henry is doing something like this too uh, in terms of uh, like private DeFi, specifically. So it's cool stuff. It's kind of it's kind of crazy, but it it at least like in, in theory seems to work unlike you know a lot of things that happened previously which in theory did not work and in practice certainly won't work um so it's kind of another interesting one yeah i'm, I'm pretty um, the number is really cool yeah i do think one thing that's important to remember though is that like a lot of the growth of these things the inorganic growth um comes from in paying out incentives but paying out incentives lowers the amount of privacy in these systems right um right. So there is this actually interesting trade-off of like bootstrapping liquidity to a private pool actually has a much harder problem than mm -hmm. to a fully transparent pool. Yeah. It's not something people talk about because I'm not trying to be negative Nancy, but like I, I do think it's worth thinking about. Uh, sorry, also sorry to the person Nancy, whoever who that person is. It kind of sucks that they got like, 
you know, it's like it's like Josh. Also, that name, right? Like people have the phrase "joshing." That original Josh <laughs> fucked over all future Josh. No, I, I, I think <laughs> it actually. Around enhanced. is not that negative. I like, I, yeah, I josh around all the time now, thanks to that Josh. <laughs> I've embraced it. Okay, okay. Part of me. Maybe oh, Nancy. No. Maybe Nancy Nancy's, fucked yeah. over. You know. Yeah. Debbie Downer. Deb, was yeah, also Debbie. Kind of that feels bad. Deb, yeah, yeah bad like bummer. Debbie. Damn it, Debbie. One Debbie <clears throat> messed it up for all the Debbies. Yeah. Uh, to. To Rune's point, um, there's kind of this fundamental tension between concealing information about the users in the state of the app and revealing enough information that people want to use the app. Uh, I'm not going to go use Uniswap if I have no idea what price I'm going to get, and I'm not going to LP it if I have no idea like what my revenues are going to be. So you, you have to reveal information about it, which has tension with privacy. I mean, I think what the interesting idea is at the end of the day is you give the user, you make protocols such that you can give the user a sliding scale of how much privacy they want to achieve versus how much economic efficiency they want to achieve. Now, now, now who's shilling our papers? Yeah, now we're shilling our papers. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean, I didn't mean I promise. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. But it's good to shill your papers. The, yeah. Your papers are great. I, I love reading Aww. and understanding half of them. But I mean, honestly, same. I also read and understand half of them, so it's, it's okay. Don't worry too much about it. Uh, we try to write them in a way that makes sense. Every once in a while it happens. Not always. But that does, it does actually, it makes me think of another point, which I'm still, frankly, like, uh, maybe a little bit worried about is that the, the growth of, uh, what's, I, I don't know what the proper terminology now is for, for not, you know, for like tethered stable coins, stable coins that have fiat reserved, back. fiat back. Fiat back. Yeah. Fiat back. yeah. USDC backed. USDC is a real stable coin. Yeah, real. It's real fiat. Everything else is just uh, <laughs> die is USDC backed. Die is much USDC. as it used to be. Yeah, they've Great. they've lowered that, which I was sort of surprised by. Um, but or, or that that that's happened. But I am I am like more and more concerned as like new constructs emerge on, you know, that enable privacy, where people are using these fiat backed stable coins that have some kind of that require you know command and control uh, and the stoppage of control of funds there there is this plausible case where there will be a privacy rug pull in order to claw back funds for one of those uh, one of those protocols uh, potentially so i'm I'm a little worried that like the over over reliance on fiat based stable coins and lots of DeFi applications could result in that. Uh, even for people that have an expectation of privacy uh, on, on various protocols. Right. Mm. Okay, on that note, uh, what's the black swan event that could happen, but you really don't want to have happen, but could happen? What's your worst case scenario for the coming year for our industry? So Lunavax greater than $1 billion hack. Mm. <laughs> I was actually well, going to go with something similar, but... I mean, there's just so many unaudited smart contracts with a billion dollars on those chains. Like you're telling me that the and and, and there's a lot of security by obscurity because it. To be fair, it's extremely hard to audit these things. Yeah. Right. There's a new virtual machine plus a new programming language. Plus, like the, there is, but it's not purposeful security via obscurity. Right. It's like actually just because it's a new fucking technology. Mm. But you know, I, I expect the DAO hack to be a footnote relative <sighs> to one of the future ones. Wow. Agreed. It'll be interesting just because it's historically relevant, you know. 
much like many historical references, but that's about it. That's about as far as it's going to go, I think, at the end of the day. I think it's going to be like very small relative to some of the crazy shit we're going to see in the future. If there is a billion dollar hack, do you think we're going to see a repeat of the Dow hard fork? Ooh. Is, uh, you know, like That's Ilya or Emin going to call up all the exchanges and tell them to stop trading <laughs> and uh, run a hard fork to revert? Goon to your head. Stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, where's that? Do you know that CMS meme of like M and Gunsira and it like shows the gun? Yes. <laughs> oh, I've never seen it. It's amazing. Uh, it's a great it's meme. A great it's a great meme. meme. That's but... actually what inspired that comment, I think, in the back <laughs> of my mind. Um, I, I, I think like the can you stop trading days are starting to be over with bridges, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you really need to go call up every validator and you're like, stop processing Synapse transactions. But, um, you have to kind of make a decision whether to cut off, you know, like bridged users and disavow that bridge and then go try to clean it up again later. Rough decision. Any other black swans? There's always a regulatory one. Always. Oh, yeah. It barely yeah, Josh is Josh is our are clearly our regulator of this podcast, so he should be <laughs> telling yeah, us. Yeah, Josh, come on. Man, well, uh, I don't well, I like I I you know, this year Just don't give anyone any ideas. That's really the Was only this thing. This year a black swan? This year, I mean, this year felt like a black swan because because I think actually I don't know if y'all remember, but when you know Gary Gensler was announced, people were actually reasonably excited, excited about it because they thought, oh, here's someone right. who knows the industry, he knows what's going on, he's optimistic about it, and then he really committed the greatest rug pull of all, mm-hmm. and and showing a reg pull, yeah, reg pull. Oh my God, <laughs> James, yes, amazing, okay. yeah. It was that. Um, And then you combine that with, you know, what the Treasury Department was doing up in that infrastructure bill. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be that bad this year because it seems like uh, cards were put on the table. And the, the amount of influence that at least crypto folks have, or I'm sorry, Web3 folks. Guillermo's favorite. Yes. It's much more acceptable triggered. in inside so the belt, right? Um, so, so yeah, but that that those that those folks actually have a degree of influence because, I mean, lo and behold, cons- their constituents are embracing some of this. I mean, maybe not not like on uh, mass, but there is you know there's all that data about the number of Americans that have some crypto exposure, and it is like higher than I would have expected. I think. I, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but it's definitely like like more than like 10, 20, 30 million or something, right? Which is which is kind of I mean, it's kind of remarkable, you know? So it's not Same. like a it's not a small share of people that have some vested interest in the outcome of this industry now. So I think that that is potentially a positive thing for the regulatory environment this year, maybe. I don't know. Because I was all I was all negative about it last year, so this year maybe maybe I can manifest positivity into the <laughs> regulatory universe. Regulatory vipassana. <laughs> I mean, I had I'm going to repeat. I think I said this last year. The black swan for me is ZK hits the mainstream, but for all the wrong reasons, um, because Ooh. of some like bad actor using it. In a big way, that would be very, very like bad. Like what? 
Like, what can we can we go through some of those scenarios? Yeah, I, like North Korea or something. Or yeah, I, I mean, know. it could be it could be a project that ends up being really just used by bad people, or it could be. Do, do you remember? Do you remember when people were trying to get DeFi regulated by saying like North Korea is the biggest Uniswap LP in the Maker Die pool? <laughs> I don't Does remember, remember that. that? Anyone, so I remember good. that shit, and I was like, "What the fuck?" It was only twenty million dollars. <laughs> like. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that, that was like some like centralized exchange thing trying to be like, hey, like we have to do KYC. Like, I'll bet you that that North Korea was the biggest LP in this Uniswap. Yeah. No way. Really? Someone yes, actually said yes, this? this was around the time uh, around the time. What's his name? Went to got Virgil? arrested. Virgil. Virgil. Yeah, that's oh uh, that's one back when we called it Kim Jong Uniswap. <laughs> 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 that was that was really good. That that might be that one. That one should be in your Twitter bio. The, 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 the creator of the creator of the term Kim Jong Swap. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, seriously. Like, what what are actually? I I actually haven't really thought through what that would mean. So I'm kind of curious. Like, who who? What's like a example of I mean it is it is something like a state player that would be able to garner enough like negative press using it for something it could be a terrorist org I mean all the things that everybody's like always worried about when it comes to like privacy tech is like the bad people get a hold of it and what I'm scared of is that yeah I guess what I'm scared of is that the narrative only all the drug money in Zcash (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my fear is always this is- that the larger narrative is purely that that negative one and it's not uh, all the cool benefits it could also bring yeah uh for context on that um uh drug money in zcash has been this like boogeyman for so long that no one's ever found any evidence for people keep bringing it up but there's never been any like actual substance to it and the shielded pool is still so small, it's not like it would constitute that much drug money to begin with. I was in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I feel like I'm hearing like rolling in the deep, but like swimming in the pool. Like if someone's going to make some like kind of like song version of this. Oh, no. But what it's actually, so it, it, what do you think? Do you think, would it be like tornado cash that, that, is likely to be a, like I'm just wondering what what y'all think the most likely protocol attack would be. Vector. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like like attack or you know meme attack vector, I guess. Of like evidence shows some mm. big whatever. So, so slight slight difference, but yeah. I have this thesis that the tornado model is kind of hard to do multi chain because you have to bootstrap liquidity on each chain individually, and like the cross chain bridges are not private. So like you're sure. kind of fucking yourself if you want to tap liquidity externally. Yeah. So I actually, my hot ZK take for 2022 is I think Aztec is actually on the right fucking business model because a layer two that's separate, that can be bridged to, that's private, is a better aggregator for these types of like ZK, USDC transactions than like the Tornado model. Like Tornado is great, but it does have this problem. It just like can't. It doesn't work in a multi-chain world. Mm. Whereas like a, a dedicated layer two to private transactions that everyone bridges to is just like way better. And mm. which is also the penumbra kind of thinking as well. This idea yeah. of like a zone yeah, yeah. standalone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the same. It's the same model. I, the 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 Aztec model is for everyone not on Cosmos, right? Like 
That's effectively the difference. <laughs> but like I said, Cosmos, always provenance for every fucking good idea in this industry. But yeah. like never, you know, they just, just take a while to implement them. Always the bridesmaid? Always the bridesmaid? <laughs> <laughs> I just farced that too. Zaki, I hope you're listening to this. Amazing. <laughs> James? Uh, I, have, I have a good black swan. Do we all think that the the merge is a hundred percent likely to be successful? Oh, and whoa! What's Ooh. the? Uh, it's possible that people want to continue using their ETHash ASICs. Uh, I'm I'm scared to ask what's the merge because I'm very oh the ETH two transition yeah, for ETH two oh 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 for ETH two okay okay fine 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 it's okay. been rebranded a bunch of times no stress As the it's ETM now the merge ETM registered copyright yes. by yeah. mm-hmm. they called it docking for about six weeks before someone explained what that meant um, <laughs> yeah Urban Dictionary should be part of your due diligence <laughs> for <Right>. any naming <laughs> and, uh, but to, to be fair, I used to work in a field where the term of art, and Guillermo knows this because he, he, he worked oh, there, was docking no. for like molecular docking for oh, finding new yeah. things. So that's so I, sorry. It's not uh, the first time it's been done. So, you know, there's technical risk to the merge. There's also social risk of, you know, people have got all these ETHash ASICs. They got to do something with them. That what is the... Something going wrong with the merge is a big black swan for this year. That's a big one. That's a really one, good one. One one thing I would add is that the merge is going to be more interesting from a like financial risk standpoint now because of like how many different derivatives there are that are not really fungible. Like the set of staking derivatives is quite large now. Mm-hmm. And you know. Yep. I don't remember if I made that prediction that staking derivatives would happen this year, but I, I feel like I did actually say that on this the, mm, at some point. I don't remember. But they did, like crazy, right? Like they, they, yeah. they really did take off. But it does make the merge technically a lot more risky for like exchanges to support on right at the moment mm-hmm. it happens. Because uh, they ha- they'll have synthetic exposure. They already have synthetic exposure to, as Presswitch likes to call it, Beth. But that's a very controversial thing in the Ethereum community that Beth is not equal to F, but they are they are disjoint technically. What <laughs> like, is Beth? What's the B? I don't get it. Beacon, 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 like beacon chain the Ethereum. Beth, the beacon ETH. ETH on it. the beacon chain mm-hmm. is not fungible with Ether. Like they're just but not the, the same merge thing. is the moment that that's supposed to happen. Well, right? actually, no, uh, Tarun. The merge is no longer the moment when beacon Ether becomes unlocked. That's been, oh, really? uh, that's not part of the, the merge fuck? spec anymore, I believe. What? Uh, so <laughs> okay, then then they're definitely withdrawals. Withdrawals will be enabled at a future date. Oh, can I say another black swan? I I mean, I definitely hope this doesn't happen. It's a little bit of a like lesser black swan than the one you said, but related. What if the merge doesn't happen next year? <sighs> Ooh, heresy! Do you think that's possible? Speak those words. Or do you think- do you think that's possible or do you think it will for sure happen? Like they are going to brute force this or the difficulty bombs coming up. So <laughs> never delay that. Somebody brought up the idea of, you know, continuing the difficulty bomb after the merge. And I just wanted to slap them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that um, the merge is extremely likely to happen this year 
Uh, I was shaky on it for 2021, but for 2022, like, I think we're past the point of no return, and it's sometime in the first half of the year. There, I'm making a prediction. Merge by mm -hmm. July. Oh, wow. shit. Wow. Putting okay. your foot down. That, that's my that's the one prediction i'm gonna like firmly commit to but withdrawals uh, at right. a later date withdrawals at a later date and will they merge with the eth or are they going to be somehow separated or different or uh when withdrawals are enabled you know everything will be fungible again but you know right now there's two different ethers there's mm -hmm. Ether on ETH1 and Ether on ETH2 that are separate assets with separate properties. And then there's, you know, a bunch of staking derivatives. Yeah, so the, this, the, the, the risk part here, right, is right now the staking derivatives can be redeemed for ETH, right? Like you can unstake your staked ETH. So when you, you, the way you make a staked ETH derivative is you take ETH, you lock it up into this contract, and that contract pulls together all that ETH, and then validators go and... Uh, validate on ETH2. <clears throat> and then the rewards are distributed to the pool with some percentage going to the people who are actually running the hardware. Um, now, that pool, like right now, you can redeem the staked ETH for, well, I, some of them are one way, some are not. So first of all, that's a big difference that you can redeem backwards, like sell your staked ETH, get your rewards ahead of time and get back ETH. Some of them are like you're you're locked in. But the weird part is like at the moment that ETH2 is supposed to be equal to ETH, all of these things in theory should be worth the same amount. But I guarantee you they'll be they'll be quite divergent. Mm -hmm. And exchanges will be take, holding a lot of that risk of like validating which transactions get are, are, are valid and which derivatives are correct. But the exchanges make a fuck ton of money from the staking derivatives because they charge a fee on staking for you. And so they are kind of going to be very adversarial with each other because they each have their own sort of staking derivative of choice. Because it's a big source of fees. This, again. this might be a dumb a dumb question, um, but is it possible on another L one that has some, you know, even if it's a rudimentary or terrible bridge to ETH, to like set up an ETH to Beth pool on a different L one that then trades right before, you know, that opens before the merge. Oh, that. That's essentially what's going on on Binance right now with the ETH and Beth markets. Right. Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's okay. Okay. Binance has centralized trading of this ETH to you know Beth asset. Yeah. They're not synchronized. They the 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 volatility of the that implied price pair can go up to like five percent. Yeah, yeah, which is Whoa. a lot when you're considering it's the fucking ETH market cap. Uh, <laughs> yes, but also right. you know like they shouldn't be synchronized, uh, and uh, until as we approach the merge, the price of Beth should rise to hit the price of ETH as we approach the merge. But, you know, the volatility should represent people's confidence that the merge is coming. Should. Should. Right. Anyway. That's the, the key. Looking forward, uh, are there any last kind of predictions, thoughts, anything you want to share before we sign off? Uh, NFT finance will happen this year. Like, all these people who are bag holding shit will need leverage on their on their NFTs because they want to go buy a Lambo. So uh, a, that's sorry, that a physical Lambo, not a JPEG. Not of a Lambo. <laughs> I'm gonna collateralize my Lambo JPEG to if buy. If you own a Lambo in the metaverse, did you even own a Lambo? 
That's right. That's right. That's right. One one is I think is might be more expensive than the other, and I don't think you want to know which way that goes. Uh, cool. Oh, I have a I have a fun prediction. Or sure. um, I think in 2022 we're likely to see a major um, Solana fork, not a not a like chain fork Ooh. or a hard fork. I think Ooh. we're likely to see someone else using the Solana code base under a new brand make a lot of money. Oh wow! You're saying the boba really the boba strategy, mm, the uh, BSC strategy, yeah, or the Polygon strategy. I don't think it'll be Solana's code base, though. No one wants to maintain. Like, I, I do feel like it. It might be like a, easier to develop with chain. Uh, Solana has the most uh, hype. Like personally, you know, I'm. I would choose Solana because it has the most hype. Because it has the largest mm-hmm. developer community outside of the, you know, core team outside of Ethereum. But uh, I would be open to the idea that this could happen to Near or Avalanche. But you know, essentially a co-option of co-opting a major non-EVM uh, chain. Wow. Who would do it? Uh, I don't know. Binance, maybe. Oh, an exchange. Press switch chain coming to a store oh, near. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Bring James, James Dow to life. James Dow has a new oh, project. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than just hair. Um. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, that is interesting. I think the one I just like find it hard to imagine exchanges doing that yet. Maybe in another like year. I feel like there's still so much like the client is so annoying to run. Oh, like, yeah. it, it still just doesn't feel like geth where, okay, everyone, their mom can make a geth fork. Mm. But that's just, you know, maybe I'm not thinking big enough like you. Galaxy brain. Uh, <laughs> here actually here's another here's another fun maybe won't actually happen prediction but i'd love to see it i would love a dow to buy a systemically important traditional financial institution oh, and then so good. and then <laughs> cause a real financial crisis that would be bank dow so fucking funny rebanking the already banked Yes. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Rebanking the already banked. Re- rebank the already banked on the bankless chain. <laughs> Bank on it. I love it. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I w- yeah. Nice. I would love to see that see that happen. Like a Dow buying Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Like a like a, a basically a, a hostile t- a hostile takeover from. From crypto to some, I mean, I mean, obviously, like maybe systemically important is that's too big of a target. But I do think that a hostile takeover from some crypto entity into a traditional equity market would be amazing. Buying a shell brokerage, and yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool. What I was to say is that there, there's um, I've had a name for this. I don't think anyone's bought it yet, but I was thinking uh, the the perfect name for this DAO is called Bear Hug DAO, and it, the, the, the <laughs> Bear Hug ETH is not yet taken. I think the the Guillermo, why are you leaking so much? I'm just here. I'm just here saying things. He's gonna own that by the end of this podcast. I I should. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so. That's that's, like I said. I I I say a lot of things, and if I took my own financial advice, that would be. I would be. You know, someone should do that. Not financial advice. Not financial advice. Of course. course. (laughs) If I took my own financial advice, not financial advice. That's right. That's right. Trun is saying, take my financial advice. This is not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it's not not financial advice. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just love the idea of like literally a DAO existing to just like bear hug just like known corporations and just like buy them out. And that's just that's it. Sorry, game over. Like just oh, this this like one random DAO that's like owned by like absolutely mostly DGENs. Have, like, have have y'all um read Damon before mm-hmm. by Daniel Suarez? No. What is this? It's a book that was written in two thousand nine. It's and actually the sequel reading for Dow Bros. Absolutely. 100%. Because <laughs> it's like it's it's describes. I mean, it's it's it's, you know, you know, fanciful dystopian fiction of sorts. But it, it describes like a much more advanced version of this happening, playing out. Fucking um, incredible. In various ways. It's really cool. Like it actually I mean, it's 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 a fun it's a fun read. The writing is not like top notch, but it's a it's an interesting concept. I like it. What what is the name again? I, maybe maybe I'll add it. So uh, Damon D A E M O N. Like, okay, like and then the sequel is Freedom Freedom T M. Damon book by Daniel Suarez. Yeah. There you go. The yeah. the sequel the sequel wasn't uh Linux kernel. Yeah, yeah, I was right. I was like Damon. Damon Damon, Damon yeah. shut down. It wasn't dumped. System D restart. Surprisingly. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, exactly. why wasn't <laughs> exactly, that exactly like system control restart? Exactly, amazing. This hostile Solana fork thing is now sounding way more real. Damn, I like. I, I initially was like, "This is a little crazy," but like, you're kind of no, right. It's right. like, what exchange is big but desperate enough that they need like some hype? And it might maybe it's like Huobi. Ooh, because Huobi's been trying to do like Huobi chain in five different ways, right? They're for, initially with Nervos, then they bagged Nervos, then started doing their own, and then like that thing is seemingly like stuck. Wobalana. So like I could, I you're, you're kind of right. I could see Holana. Holana, yeah. Holana. 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 I'm curious as to what Anatoly will think of this. Is really like all that's running through my head right now. It would be very, very interesting. I feel like if I were Tolly, I would actually be kind of excited about that idea. That's uh, fair. Be, all these EVM forks were good for Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, things just like, it certainly generated more hype and everyone was like, but it's kind of a weird thing, right? Because it's like not immediately obvious why it's good for Ethereum. At least it wasn't to me. Like, I don't know what the dynamics are of like why someone forking. Because everyone, it's the same way that like, if you look at all these new DeFi protocols, Everyone is like letting you uh, farm with wrapped Luna or B Luna. Right. That's because there's a huge capital base to bootstrap your network with, right? But then, then eventually, that capital base does go back to the base the, to where it started, and that's generating fees. Uh, look, mainframe, mainframe manufacturing was good for COBOL. I, I, yeah, I mean, like I believe that, right? <laughs> that now that is, that that's a great slogan for bank tower. <laughs> This is good for COBOL. <laughs> Finally, a, a solidity to COBOL conversion layer. There you go. Just abstracted a few times. Over. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> let, let people have what they want. All right. I think we've reached the end of our prediction episode. Um <laughs> Uh, wait, so, what are your? You, yeah, what are yours? You have a prediction? Oh, we had like no ZK prediction. Yeah, we did it. What? Um, ZK hits the mainstream in a really amazing way, and it sort of is already like on the cusp. I think so. That's a prediction. It's going to happen this year. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> 
All right. Listen, uh, actually, I, I do have one last question, but we should be quick because we, we're way over time. Um, Sorry. What are you planning for this coming year? Like, what are you doing? And there I have some things I want to share. Josh, what are you doing this year? Uh, gonna, I'm going to keep keep advising, keep the board stuff going, and I am going to get the stupid satire newsletter Do it. off the ground. I just, because my biggest, my honest biggest personal you know highlight last year was having our second child so that was that was a bit all-encompassing but um i am excited to to get back into the game a bit this year cool i don't know maybe and maybe something else we'll see nice guillermo uh i guess i am joining a fund uh as like a whatever like head of research or research partner or something like that whatever the hell the name is i'm still not really sure what my title is something like that (laughs) anyways um supposedly essentially so i conned someone into to paying me to do more math for for DeFi. so that's mostly what i'm I'm looking forward to is uh is uh continually conning people to to pay me to do the long con everything's a ponzi if you squint enough true it's just it's everything's a ponzi on different time scales (laughs) Mm -hmm. tarun what's what's your coming year I don't know if I'm going. We're going to be able to get twelve papers in twelve months again. <gasps> I don't. I don't think so. Uh, but maybe we could try. Uh, we could try. That's what you want. Not now that he has a job. <laughs> <laughs> but his job is to do that. That's literally fucking marketing for his job. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you're you're forgetting. This is everything's a Ponzi. You have to like squint and choose the right value function. That's correct. But then it's a Ponzi. It's perfect. Um, I don't know. Just continuing the stuff I'm already doing. Just. You know, what What was the phrase that that San Diego TV re- guy said? Keep fucking that chicken. <laughs> Do you guys know I'm talking no, about? No, but know. that makes it better somehow. I think. I think I have heard that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'll send you the video. I mean, it's, it's like it's like a it's a it's an old it's a, a meme for olds like me. Wait, you just put the link in chat. <laughs> Do you have this on like bookmarks? No, I just Google keep fucking that chicken. I mean, this oh, is normal normal to Google. Google this. Okay, James, let's keep going. James, what are you planning? Uh, I don't know. Like more of the same. Work on cross chain things. Do a product launch. Uh, try to make twenty twenty two a user focused year. Very cool. All right. And I have a couple things on this front. Uh, As you know, we did ZK Hack last fall, this past fall, and we are going to be coming back with a ZK Hack mini already quite firmly planned for March. Um, So it's going to be a shorter version, but I want people to look out for it. There's actually just a ton of events that I'm going to be working on. Hackathon, ZK Hackathon. I really, really want that to happen this year. Uh, ZK Summit. I want to do a ZK Summit again and bring back that event that I'd been doing for like many years and then kind of paused because I was tired of doing them online. Uh, I will finally mint the ZK NFT deck, the deck of cards that I've been teasing. So there's a full deck of cards. So I that's how far I've fallen, Josh. I'm making them now. <laughs> Gross. I started the year oh, like no. you too. No, I'm 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 gonna be there with you. It's inevitable. <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, there's a deck of pl- it's playing cards. And uh I have them almost ready. So they should be there in the new year. I've been saying this for a while. I want to do ZK merch. That's like a thing. It's kind of half planned, not quite executed on yet. Um yeah, that's my my coming year so far. Mostly a lot of events. It's kind of stressing me out. 
but I'm going to get some help. So I think it's going to go good. <laughs> you got this. Nice. Yeah. I hope I hope to see all you guys in person this year too. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty. I I just I haven't gone anywhere for now like 2 years and I miss seeing people. So I hope that'll happen. I think w- some of us have seen each other this year. But I've never met Guillermo in person, so that would be yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ah. We've never met. But it would be really great to see but... all of you. It would be really fun to hang out as a as a gang somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> UUZK pod retreat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. In Virginia for Josh. Funded by NFT sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy my ZK cards. <laughs> Okay. True though. <laughs> cool. All right. I want to say thanks to everybody here. Thank you for coming on, doing this uh, prediction show, prediction episode. I think there's some, there's tons of ideas that people are gonna hopefully ignore, but uh, maybe not. Maybe they'll be great. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I really do appreciate a lot of these ideas, and I think it was very cool. I want to say thank you to the podcast producer Tanya, the podcast editor Henrik. Hey Henrik. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> we love you, Henry. God. <laughs> for her dealing with our shit. Henrik's just that doing was, the weird voices like now. Deep announcer voice. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> and to our listeners, thanks for listening. <laughs>